Hear now God's word for us from the book of Acts, chapter 2, starting in verse 1. When Pentecost Day arrived, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound from heaven, like the howling of a fierce wind, filled the entire house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be individual flames of fire alighting on each one of them. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit enabled them to speak. Lectura del libro de los hechos de los apóstoles, capítulo 2, versículo 5 al 10. Estaban de paso en Jerusalén judíos piadosos llenos de todas las naciones que hay bajo el cielo. Y entre el gentío que acudió al oír aquel ruido, cada uno los oía hablar en su propia lengua. Todos quedaron muy desconcertados y se decían llenos de estupor y admiración. Pero estos no son todos galileos. Y miren cómo hablan. Cada uno de nosotros les oímos en nuestra propia lengua nativa. Entre nosotros hay partos, medos, elamitas, habitantes de Mesopotamia, Judea, Capadocia, del Ponto y Asia, de Frigia, Panfilia, Egipto y de la parte de Libia que limita con Sirene. Hay forasteros que vienen de Roma, unos judíos y otros extranjeros que aceptaron sus creencias. Espíritu. May mga taga-Creta at taga-Arabia rin dito. Paano sila nakapagsasalita sa ating mga sariling wika tungkol sa mga kamanghamanghang gawa ng Diyos? Namangha sila at nalito. Kaya sila'y nagtanungan, ano ang kalugan nito? Ngunit ang iba namay may pangungot niyang nagsabi, lasing lang yan. Parang kitsakyan kong akaratood po tisong ko tisipsi tingsipjen. Tapretro dayin kun pong kap akaratood sipet kun. Daklao kap kautang lai dui sing dangwa. Pinong shaw yu kap tuktan tiin yun ay kung yesolem. จงทราบเรื่องนี้และฟังถ้อยคําของข้าพเจ้าคนเหล่านี้ไม่ได้เมาเหล้าอังุ่นเหมือนอย่างที่ท่านทั้งหลายคิดเพราะว่าเพิ
for remembering that story of Acts 2, and a special thanks to Jonathan and Kelly McFarland for that powerful piece reminding us of the, God, of the disciple Thomas and of that period of waiting. And a quick word to Doug and Carrie Hoffman as you are coming back down the mountain after camping. We love that you are participating in the live streaming worship as you go, but just keep your eyes on the road, whoever's driving, please. Well, any pastor who has ever preached outside knows wind is a force to be reckoned with. I've preached before out on the Knox lawn. I've preached other outdoor worship services up on the cliffs in La Jolla. I've given homilies at outdoor weddings, and I have spoken at outdoor rallies and vigils. And on all those occasions, I, like other outdoor preachers and speakers, have had to contend with wind. Yes, wind. Sometimes it's calm, things go fine, but other times the wind can be so strong that if I have notes in my hand, they'll either rattle in the wind or yes, I've had winds blow whatever notes I had completely off the podium or out of my hand. I preached when the wind was so strong that even though we had a sound system, all you could hear through the microphone was that sound of rushing wind. I've had the stole I was wearing blow off. I've had the unity candle at a wedding, candles at candlelight vigils blow out. Not the best symbolism, but it happens. If you're going to be outside, you have to contend with wind. And wind is something you can't control. As Jesus once told Nicodemus, the wind blows where it chooses. You hear the sound of it, but you don't know where it comes from or where it goes. The wind blows where it will. And so it's a great metaphor in scripture for the very spirit of God. The God revealed in scripture, after all, can't be domesticated or controlled. God doesn't bend to the whim of people. God can't be confined to any particular space. God goes where God will. In the piece you heard performed by Jonathan McFarland earlier in the service, we heard Thomas struggle with having to wait for God that God would not bend to his wish even when he called, but that's life with God, isn't it? That's life with God. We can't control God, nor should we. Ours is finally the task, as that drama reminded us, to wait on God and go where the winds of God might send us, not try to bend that force, that wind, to our whim as if we could. Today we read about the Holy Spirit coming to that gathered body of disciples huddled in fear in an upper room, and we read of how it transformed them, and it arrived like the sound of a rushing wind. And in that moment, the disciples were transformed into a choir that seemed sent from heaven above, singing out in the streets, oh, for a thousand tongues to sing my dear Redeemer's praise, but doing so in languages from all over the known world. It's a powerful image of the spirit-filled church immediately showing itself in multilingual, multicultural expression. And then some of the crowd accused the disciples of drunkenness and disorderly conduct, but Peter senses an opportunity he realized that the spectacle the disciples have made of themselves has brought together an audience, and this audience just might be receptive to the story of their Lord and teacher, Jesus Christ. 
You might say Peter was sensitive to the winds that were blowing at that moment. So Peter tells those gathered Jews living in Jerusalem from all over the world, listen to me, Jewish sisters and brothers, these men are not drunk. Instead, they're filled with the spirit, the very spirit that our prophet Joel described when he said, in the last days it will be, God declares that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your young men shall see visions, and your daughters shall prophesy. And Peter goes on to speak of the death and resurrection of Christ, and how Christ ascended into heaven, and it poured out the Spirit that they now see and hear. And this Christ, Peter proclaims, God has made Lord and Messiah. What should we do? The crowd asked. Repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Peter says that your sins may be forgiven and you might receive the Holy Spirit. And some 3,000 did so. That day, Peter was a wind-blown preacher filled with the Spirit of God and attentive to God's movement in that moment. I love how Chris Sladoff portrays that wind-blown preacher in his sculpture entitled St. Peter preaching at Pentecost. This life-size Peter is portrayed with clothing blown by the wind, wind representing the Holy Spirit. I was able to take this video of that sculpture on a day when the wind was blowing, and the bronze sculpture seemed to be filled with an even greater wind than what was blowing through the trees at St. Peter the Apostle Parish in Fallbrook that day. You might notice even on Peter's hair, it seems to be wind blown. It's as if everything about this disciple was moved and directed by the Spirit of God. In that sculpture, you might also be able to see fire. You have a sense that there is a torch that is blazing or a bush burning. Fire, of course, is another great symbol of the Holy Spirit. We read about in Acts, but to my eye, in that sculpture of Peter, I see wind, that great biblical image of rushing wind. There's gospel in this portrait we find in Acts 2 of a wind-blown preacher. The gospel, as Jesus proclaimed it, was that the kingdom of God had come near, and Lord, do we see that happening on Pentecost, the kingdom of God coming near. The Holy Spirit that Jesus sent from God fills this first century street preacher such that his words and actions are not according to his own will or leading. He's taken up, filled, and directed by a power greater than himself. He has been touched by a mighty wind, and he speaks of a wind-blown church. Others hear his proclamation, and they want to be a part of that wind-blown church taken up with the Holy Spirit of God. That's what we see in Acts 2, not just a wind-blown preacher, but a wind-blown church. After all, this spirit that came with the sound of a rushing wind comes to the gathered disciples in that upper room, not just one person, not just Peter. First, it comes to the gathered community, and then that community goes out and expresses praise of God in all manner of different language. They're all gifted with the Holy Spirit that spirit symbolized in wind and fire. And only after that do we see Peter step forward and he demonstrates that specific spirit given gift of preaching, but all God's people are gifted by the Holy Spirit. It's a wind blown church of which Peter is a part. 
a windblown church. That's what we yearn to be, isn't it? It means we don't set the agenda for God, but God sets the agenda for us. We may want to gather in person, but God says, love your neighbor, work for the welfare of your city. So we will wait before we gather in person to be sure we are doing so in love and not putting one another or our neighbors, especially the most vulnerable, at undue risk. We may want to celebrate, as we ordinarily do on this of all Sundays, Pentecost, the birthday of the church, but God says you should also mourn. With the death of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and Ahmaud Arbery, with the deaths more local in Pasadena, Kendrick McDade and Reginald Thomas, we mourn with so many others and hear the call as a nation and a church to confront that great social sin still with us as a nation and a church called racism. In his sermon, Peter, that wind-blown preacher, calls those listening to repentance, and that's often the way the wind of the Spirit blows. We may want to celebrate for its Pentecost. God says it is Pentecost but also remember to mourn for sin as the crowds did when they heard that wind-blown preacher. Repent, Peter proclaimed. Turn from the ways you knew before, from the old world you knew, and take up the Christ-filled life of love, rich love of God and neighbor. Be baptized into that love with the justice-seeking and forgiving Savior and Messiah, Jesus. We may want to not only to mourn and lament, but me, we may want to give in to despair, to abandon hope and give up on the world or give up on any hope of changing it. We may want abandon hope because these issues are so complex. We may want to give up on God and say, if God's in charge, why do I feel so alone? If God's at work, why does injustice continue? Or why do these problems in my life or my community endure? And to that, the wind of God blows as if to say, it's not by your strength, but mine that you stand. It's not by your power alone that change will come, but by the wind of heaven at work in you and the world. Even in days of pandemic and street protest, God is at work. And even today, while there's plenty of reason to lament and mourn, there is also cause to say thanks be to God. I give thanks to God for a church that binds us together with others, allowing us to see the spirit move in that larger body that's singing God praise today in languages from all over the world. Yesterday at Presbytery, we were reminded of the different languages and cultures representing in the churches constituting the San Gabriel Presbytery, the most diverse Presbytery, our executive Presbyter reminds us in the United States. You caught a glimpse of that in the scripture readings, and you'll see a glimpse in our closing hymn, Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing, with participants from around San Gabriel. I give thanks for local churches working together on issues like homelessness and immigrant accompaniment and racial justice, working with the police force, with local communities to come together and together address broader social issues. I give thanks for Christians proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ today, even out in the streets and sharing the life we can know in him. And I give thanks for how the spirit is moving even in this pandemic. One gift of days like this one is we 
is it upends daily life and forces us to ask questions we might have avoided up until now. Like, what's my life about? What are we as a people about? Where does our security lie? What relationships are most important to me? What matters most? That's ripe terrain for over which the spirit of God can blow. Fruit of discernment can emerge from such a movement of the spirit in days where our lives feel upended. Mindful of that wind-blown preacher named Peter, may we be a wind-blown church. May we watch and attend to where God would have us go. May we be the very wind-blown people God has made us to be by the death and resurrection of Christ and the gift of the Holy Spirit. That wind blows in you, friends. Go where it leads. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen.